Welcome to the first episode of my podcast. I'm Marissa and today I want to delve into what has happened with the youth today and well, why? So I haven't really thought of a name for my podcast just yet, but I'm sure we'll figure it out as we go. The way I'll be doing these are in parts, so we'll start with part one right now. No dilly-dallying. Part one, the state of the youth today. Surely it comes as no surprise to anybody here that the youth have completely lost their way. They're struggling with their identities in ways that no other generation ever has. They're unable to deal with the smallest of problems while simultaneously demanding assistance from the adults around them. And at the same time, rejecting the direction and guidance of their adult figures. The way I'm going to go about delving into this is using sources such as statistics and anecdotal evidence as well as social media avenues. So let's begin with the talk of the youth's identity. It's obvious from what we've been seeing, the youth has absolutely no idea about the concept of gender. They've confused this with a personality trait, leading to quote-unquote unlimited genders. It's apparently however you feel like in the moment. I am more than willing to listen to their explanation on how gender works in their eyes, but I have not heard one person make any sort of argument suggesting this is practical and healthy. The fact of the matter is, struggling with your identity, especially at such a young age, it's not healthy. Those who are bouncing from gender to gender are often experiencing a deep mental trauma that is leading them to cling on to whatever they can to make themselves feel like individuals. Perhaps it's a lack of attention, a lack of direction, or outside factors such as social media or other people around them, parents, friends, teachers, anybody. It's no surprise that since social media has become so widespread and its users become younger and younger by the minute. For example, 47% of TikTok users are 10 to 29 years old. Let me reiterate that fact. 47% of TikTok users are 10 to 29 years old. That is suggesting nearly half of the TikTok users are aged from 10 to 29, clearly. This happens to coincide with the ages that are struggling with this whole gender identity thing. Australians who use the app average around 23.4 hours a month a 40% increase since 2021. If that doesn't already sound bad enough, this statistic definitely will. Kids aged between 4 to 15 average a total of 75 minutes on TikTok daily. In America, it's much worse, with kids averaging 87 minutes a day. Now, I know this sounds like I'm ragging on TikTok, but what I'm trying to get at here is that kids spend an hour a day on TikTok. Do parents even know the content their kids are watching? Are they aware of how the algorithm works? Instagram is no better, of course. But the algorithm of TikTok is designed in the way that it can force you into an echo chamber where only one side of information will be available to you unless you seek out the other side. But it's unlikely you ever will, especially at that young age. You're just going to take in everything that's given to you. The information children can be exposed to 
is the unhealthy perceptions of gender being a spectrum. Considering children and teens use the app the most, their minds are extremely malleable. Tell a boy he can be a pirate if he believes he's a pirate, right? He will think he can be a pirate with no questions asked because you told him he can. Confuse a child with the information about gender being more than a man or a woman and they will believe it. Now, obviously, people would just hear this information and roll with it. Relating back to what I said before, there's factors such as mental health and a lack of attention in the child's life. 63.8% of LGBT young people from the ages of 14 to 21 have been diagnosed with mental health conditions as of 2021. Does that seem normal to you? 49.5% of LGBT young people from the ages of 14 to 21 have been diagnosed with GAD, which is Generalized Anxiety Disorder. 48.3% have been diagnosed with depression. The number skyrockets to 60.5% for those aged 18 and over. Women who consider themselves to be quote-unquote non-binary which this basically means that they don't associate with being a man or a woman. They're nothing. 91.4% of those 14 to 21-year-old women who identify as non-binary experience extremely high levels of mental distress. The number is similar for men in the same age range with 84% of them experiencing extreme mental distress. That means that these men and women who consider themselves to be non-binary are experiencing severely high levels of mental distress is this not enough to convince you that this is this something's wrong here something's wrong with this whole gender identity thing all right well then let's keep going let's take a look at the made-up sexualities amongst the 14 to 21 year olds now what you believe about sexualities is what you believe but Considering I believe that there are only two genders, there are only three sexualities you could possibly be. You can be straight, you can be gay, or you could be bisexual. Anything else, in in my eyes, is completely made up. 88.1% of pansexuals, 86.6% of queer people, 83.4% of asexual people have experienced psychological distress. These are 14 to 21 year olds. How is this just flying under the radar? What is the change in their environment to lead to such high numbers of mental distress? I strongly believe the change in social media is one of the more bigger factors. But Of course, we can't really forget the environments kids are subjected to at school. These sorts of things are encouraged by teachers at schools, not being taught in the curriculum, not just yet anyways, but through general conversation, especially once the child reaches high school. This sort of conversational behavior really begins once you hit year seven. And this is really anecdotal from my own perspective, but as a 19-year-old, you know, it hasn't been that long since I've graduated high school. I do remember my time there I would well we would engage with our teachers in these sorts of talks and they would feel quite comfortable talking to us about this sort of stuff you know especially when you did subjects like society and culture it was pretty commonplace to start talking about things that we shouldn't really be talking about 
Now, there's plenty more to delve into in terms of what's wrong with the youth today, but I'm going to leave it at this for the time being. We'll talk more about it in future episodes. So now let's move on to part two. I'm going to get some thoughts out. So I honestly believe this goes beyond a political view of left and right wing. There is more to this than just saying the lefties are corrupting our kids because it's really not just that. Advancements in technology and the changing of certain laws have made parenting a completely different ballgame now compared to what it was only 20 years ago. As somebody who was born in 2003, I think I was one of the last to sort of grow up in a world without a phone or a tablet in front of my face. Kids are pacified with tablets, iPads, phones, video games at such young ages. And as a result of this, their attention spans have severely weakened. So when the child is unable to listen and pay attention, the parents continue to pacify them with technology because there's no other way to get through to them. You can't tell your child no anymore because your child's not even paying attention to you. They're only thinking of one thing. Now, what I want to move on to next, there's really been no scientific studies backing this, but I do believe there's a significant correlation. And for my older listeners, I'd like to ask you a question. How many kids in your grade do you remember having ADHD or symptoms of ADHD? Maybe one, two, or maybe none at all. I believe symptoms of ADHD are correlating to the rising of children using devices and social media at young ages. They're unable to focus, so they're developing parts of ADHD without even realizing it. And the younger they start, the worse it gets. A lot of people don't actually know this about ADHD, because a lot of people perceive ADHD to be just a you're lazy or you can't focus mental thing. It's a lot more than that and there's a lot more to it. And we might talk about different types of mental health conditions if that's what you guys would like me to talk about because I'm quite passionate about this topic. But getting back to what I was about to say about ADHD, ADHD, um, there's, there's a certain thing that comes with ADHD. Kids who have it, or just people who have it in general, they find it really hard to take criticisms or just a comment because the way their minds work, it, it, it perceives it in a very different way that might end up hurting the person when it wasn't supposed to. This leads to a lot of ADHD people developing anxiety and depression due to their... um. Well, due to their ADHD and that condition that comes with ADHD. So I think using social media, which is obviously like the worst thing you can do for some, for like anyone, because you're always comparing, you're constantly comparing yourself um, on social media. So when you tie that in with ADHD symptoms, you got a very bad mix. And I'm honestly speaking from personal experience. So as I mentioned before, I was talking about law changes changing parenting. So speaking of law changes, now this is quite a controversial one, but the law against disciplining your children by giving them a smack. So do I think kids should be brutally beaten to within an inch of their lives? God no, that's absolutely barbaric. And any abuse of any kind on a child would never be tolerated by me or any normal person for that matter. But a smack on the hand or bum when the child has done something wrong? Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement with that. Considering that's how I was raised and millions of children have been raised for hundreds of years. So you're probably wondering, Marissa, why are you talking about the laws on smacking kids? 
Like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, like I said, it, it really changed the whole parenting thing, right? So what I'm about to say is anecdotal, but I tend to find that the kids who haven't been physically or verbally 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 <laughs> discipline once in their lives turn out to be entitled brats i'm sure many of you have seen it too in saying this some kids are really good not like myself i was quite cheeky but those kids who never received more punishment than a few words and still turned out okay that's a completely different thing what what i'm really talking about here are the children who do bad things act entitled act bratty and never receive one amount of punishment to learn their lesson it has a disastrous effect as the child gets older leading to entitled behavior surely surely you have noticed teenagers and young kids who are just so entitled and you might think to yourself nobody was like this when i was growing up that's exactly the thing the laws have been changed. You can't really discipline your kids the same way that you that you were disciplined or that your parents were disciplined. I think a good smack on the bum after something's been done wrong is completely beneficial. It's not abuse. After you do it, you're not saying to the kid, come here so I can smack you more. You say to the kid, this is what you did wrong and this is what happens. It's a lot of, you know, brain stuff, right? If you associate a certain bad behavior with a punishment, it kind of wires in the brain, oh, I shouldn't do that. That's like committing a crime, right? Commit a crime, you go to jail. That's the punishment. We all know that's the punishment. Nobody here wants to go to jail. So we do the right thing. That's the exact same thing with disciplining children. Not abusing them, not beating them to the point where they're bleeding and on the floor their bones are broken. Definitely not. That is awful. I'm talking about discipline. Completely different ballgame. And without that form of discipline and the attachment of social media, such as TikTok and Instagram, these kids are being raised by other people. They're being pacified by the technology that they're given and their parents can do virtually nothing, nothing about it. They can't do anything. What are they going to do? They're not allowed to hit their kid. They can't tell them no because their kid's going to completely go against them. I think it's had the most negative effect on the newest generation. I honestly believe my generation was probably the last that was any good. I think before 2010, it's kind of when things really began to change. And some people may disagree with me, but I think I'm right in saying that as soon as things really took a shift, things really took a turn for the worse. You notice that children rarely ever play out on the streets anymore. They don't make friends with the neighbors, kids, or do things that don't involve technology. I don't really see kids outside, and when you do, they're all got their heads down looking at their phones. So many kids developing hunchbacks from poor posture. Developing, they're going to eventually probably develop arthritis in their fingers from doing swiping all the time. Up, 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 up. Like, 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 like. That's their lives. Not to mention how their attention spans have been completely shot from social media. Really what I wanted to do today was talk about the mental health part 
associating with the LGBT sort of stuff going on with young children who have no idea what they're doing yet. No idea. It's really no wonder why kids are completely misguided, why they're struggling with their identities. They're being raised on technology and without discipline. It's truly such a shame that this has happened. But that's exactly why I made this podcast. I want to be able to guide the youth and correct what's been made wrong. (sighs) So... In saying that, I'd like to give a big thanks to everyone for tuning into this small but informational podcast. We will pick this up again next week and delve more into the problem with TikTok as well as other social media platforms. I love you all. I will see you next week.